Welcome to the Tech Sales Show, where we are dedicated to making you a better tech seller, sharing tried and true sales strategies and answering your questions weekly. Hey, hey, Bobby. What's up, Brian? We are on part four of our 25th series, Bobby. This is episode number 143. And we're wrapping up our series on emotional intelligence, um, your your uh, emotional quotient. Been a fun series to talk this all through. Good psychology, uh, kind of dealing with yourself, dealing with others. And today, in this kind of final episode, we're going to wrap it up by talking about the, if you're looking at the, kind of the four box of what emotional intelligence is, it's the, the right side, which is regulation. So this is self-management and relationship management, kind of how you get along with and deal with others. Love it. This box has taught me a lot. I mean, I've read the book and I've heard all this uh, when I listen to the audio book, but uh, I have found some things over the last few weeks that are keeping me a little self-centered and thinking of my own self-awareness and my social awareness. And I'm looking forward to wrapping this series up and talking a little bit more about kind of a self and relationship. This isn't just just for your own interpersonal skills. This is for you as a tech seller, everyone listening. Put this into context around your life and tech sales. It's amazing how much impact this could have on your commission checks. Indeed, and it's not just for managers either. It's leadership is just as leadership's not for leaders. This is um, this is for everyone um, as we talk about kind of dealing with others and managing others. Um, okay, so we're going to talk about um, rules for self-management and then how to improve your relationship management. It's kind of two different sections here we'll talk about today. Um, and I've seen the first one I've seen people do really well. Um, and you, if you do it too hardcore, you can, you can, it can move to a point of lack of self-awareness, and that's living by your values. Um, I've talked to some people that are like, they're very deliberate about it. They've got a list out or they've got one key thing that their family always lives by. And I've always appreciated that. I thought it's a very thoughtful approach to do because generally if you, you know, you don't necessarily have to have them all written down. It's probably a great exercise. It's something I should probably do, but you do confuse people if they can't predict how you're going to behave. If you're, if you're making irrational decisions one day, and if you're not living a, you know, a truthful, uh, you know, whether you're negotiating a deal untruthfully, but then the next deal that you you say, well, we have to play this one by the book. People can't predict how you're going to behave, which is a huge miss when it comes to uh, self-management. My thoughts on this one is it's pretty hard to be perfect as it relates to this. And there's always going to be someone who will reflect. And there does always seem to be this this slant that either they're over overemphasizing their, their list or their things or they – I kind of play both sides of the fence all the time. I was in a management thing at Microsoft, and I had a rough experience where the I think it was day one they they put out a bunch of cards, kind of like uh, almost like when you play Monopoly, kind of the uh, chance cards was like what they looked like. And we all had a we all had the same stack, and it was about fifty cards, and we had to pick. They all had one word on, and we had to pick the top five things that we were living by right then, and the kind of group goes around and it was there were maybe 12 of us in the room and like 12 people said family and religion and you know the 
let's call it the typical five that you would want to share with like the, the group that you were in, in a public group. And, and mine was kind of like job promotion, money, uh, self-worth. They, they were pretty egotistical, let's say. Um, and, and the group kind of turned on me like, this is the first hour and a half of a leadership, (laughs) you know, development kind of program thing. And the group kind of turned on me quick. And uh, it, similarly, as it feels now when you don't wear a mask around people that think you should be wearing a mask. Yes. Um, so it was it was interesting, but I, I stood my ground and I was like, look, I'm, I'm a 29, 30-year-old man who I'm, I'm doing all five of these things right now because I want what you're, ask, what you're saying you're doing now in the future. Like, I'm sacrificing some of those. Yeah. Uh, I'm traveling for this, uh, not putting my wife and kids first so that I can be there when they grow up and, and have money. And so while you all say you're not doing what I'm doing, my gut is that you're doing what I'm right. doing, saying what you're saying. I'm saying what I'm saying and living that truly so that I can accomplish what you guys say you're doing now, right? And so I think I've always kind of rocked the boat a little bit about those things because I think I've I've been overly honest about look this time of my life is I'm short-sighting some of the core values that make a great human but it's so that I can be a great human right and if those yeah. people could see me today I bet they're all doing more of what I had on my cards then still today and I'm living what they had on their cards then today right and uh, yeah it's authentic that's it for is. sure it is I try to be <laughs> and I'm not saying I'm perfect by any stretch but Man, I, I that's the first time I think I've cried in public in a long time. I like, I literally broke down. They they slaughtered me for my cards. They were really inappropriate and uh I, I took it on the chin and stuck my stood my ground. Huh. Very interesting. Um second one here is uh, honoring your good word, keeping the promises that you make. Um otherwise people will stop believing what you say. I think you know, I, this one's interesting, and it, it does tie very similarly to the first one because if that if honoring your word and following through on your commitments, that's 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 off that's a value often uh, oftentimes. But so many times you see people um, they'll commit to something in a you know commit to doing something in QBR like that's a small example, right? It's QBR season right now at workday, so that's <laughs> the top of mind for me. But you know, like these, all these promises made in this meeting. Yeah, I'll follow up with you on this. And like, you start to put people in buckets. Probably you're probably the same way. Like, you kind of start to put people in buckets of like, they say they're going to do something. I know that unless I put it on my to do list, and then I send them an email reminder, and then probably send them another email reminder, it's not going to get done. And then there are people that I know, like you, like some of my other business partners, to where if I if I say, hey, we need to knock this out, and like, you know, obviously there's a shared responsibility to do some things, but they'll commit to something, and I. I don't even have to put it on my to-do list because I know it's going to get done, and I know they're going to own it from from beginning to finish. And those are that is that is a key key example of, of managing yourself. Like so many people don't. It's it's something I instill in my kids. I'll tell my kids as an example. Like I, you know, they've got these cubbies for all their school supplies, and be like, uh, "You need to clean that out. It doesn't have to be today. It doesn't have to be tomorrow, but it needs to be done by Sunday." And what I'm really doing is I'm testing their ability and building some muscle strength around their ability to to digest a task, to have some sort of app or tool or list or something to get it done. Cause it's so crucial to manage yourself that way. 
Yeah, this is one I could talk about a whole episode on, but the uh, I have a to do. I have a list in Trello that I track for the other people yep. that I know aren't going to get shit done. Uh, I knew I, what you were going to say before I, you even said it. I have that list, <clears throat> and it's it, it, it's almost comical how much I spent, how much time I spend recalling that list, and I probably have just as many emails flagged that I've BCC'd myself on that someone's committed something to that I know they're going to miss, and then I just ask them on that day and. Some of those people even say, well, why didn't you remind me a little bit before that? Like, that's not my job to manage you, right? And I'm not going to do that. So that is one where the awareness quotient goes so far from what it should be. And we all know people like that. And that's all we'll say for now because I would go on and on. Don't be a victim or a martyr. You always have a choice, so don't shy away from it. Choose it and choose it without regrets. Look forward to it and be enthusiastic. Don't be a martyr or a victim. Like, don't, you know, if you're sick and you, you, I, you hear people all the time, of, they're like, oh, I, you know, I was ill last night. And like people get sick and things come up and people get busy, but no one wants to hear that on the other side of the phone. If you're someone that is constantly doing that type of work or constantly doing that kind of uh, excuse making, they're picking it up. I can assure you uh, they're picking it up. If you are constantly making excuses for not being able to finish a deliverable, uh, for you know, not being able to sleep the night before. If these are reoccurring things that are coming up again and again and again. That that is the reputation you are building about yourself. Probably obvious, but it's it's critical. Yeah, and I think now more than ever, it's it's a much bigger deal with uh, with COVID. We're we're kind of hopefully on the flattening of the curve side of this thing right now. But people people say they don't feel good right now. They get ostracized and they're out you know for for weeks and. I think I know I'm fully aware of some people that have taken advantage of it, both in my world and in my wife's working world where school's just now starting and a couple of people don't feel very good. So guess what, Brian, they're off for a couple more weeks and, and those people are going to kill corporate America, I'm afraid. But at the end of the day, if you're that type of a person, you're going to, you're going to have a ripple effect on your team. And it's not, it's not the social management piece. It's the self-management. It is an individual problem, and you need to solve for that. Yeah. It ties very closely to the next one, which is keeping yourself healthy and taking care of yourself. Like, you you know when you when you see a scenario to where uh, there's, you know, obviously there can be medical conditions where there's, you know, like obesity or, or something like that. Like, you know, like there could be certainly an underlying medical condition and maybe more often than not, that's the case. But I guess the point I'm making is that the snap judgments are made period. They, they happen. And one thing you can control is keeping healthy and taking care of yourself and exercising your mind and reading and reading as part of that, you know, reading or listening to audio books and challenging your thought process is a key part of being more socially aware and managing yourself um, and how you, approach situations if you've got a bigger dictionary or thesaurus to draw from when you um, encounter situations because of your reading and because of uh, you're, you're keeping your mind lucid by by staying healthy and eating right uh, you'll live more expansively no question and I would just say listen to the Texel show share the Texel show with your friends <laughs> and family and they too can can be better at self-management as well great all right. The next section is improving your relationship management, um, and we've got a few things to tackle here. Uh, yeah, and but just it is, recap real yeah. quick. This is the bottom right hand corner now. So, that's right. We've talked about the four squares. This is 
this is the the social competency bucket which is kind of the bottom row if you're thinking of a magic quadrant from Gardner it's the the bottom two squares and it's the right hand corner where this is regulation of the social competency this is relationship management indeed yeah it's it's how how do you how do you get along like the first section we talked about is really more how do you identify challenges that you may have so that you can be a better partner in the relationship the second one is what actions do you take to improve your relationships with others and the first one here is explaining your decisions and not just making them i think we all think of our childhood when it's like i don't i'm not going to tell you why you need to go clean your room you just need to go clean your room because that's what i told you to go do and, and leaders oftentimes do that too it's 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 take oftentimes not all the time oftentimes there are good reasons why you know comp changes come out or there's a a change in how the contracts are structured or a decision to take a product another way that have implication on an implication on us as sellers. Clearly they have implication on us as sellers, but if you, if you trust the heart of the people that you're working for and the company that you're working for, then there probably is a good reason behind it. And it's it, the onus is on the leader to understand those reasons why those changes are made and then helping communicate that to the team, not just saying, look guys, it is what it is. Deal with it. What do you yeah. want to say? It is what it is. We just need to go march forward. Sometimes that just is the answer, but as, as often as you can explain the decisions that have been made or the decisions that you're making, the, the better culture you'll have, the better relationship you'll have with people that you manage or work with. Yeah, and this one's one that authenticity is extremely crucial because if you if you tell a story that's not a real story or not an authentic story on why a change was made, um, people will see through that BS and they won't they won't want to follow you either and that that relationship will crumble really really quickly um and so i think there's a level of authenticity and then honesty that has to occur here if it is what it is and you don't have an explanation you got to kind of say that and be authentic about it but if there is a decision and maybe even the decision was made for reasons why not the majority won't like it i think yeah. you have to say that too and then and be be authentic in those answers because you will if you get caught here it's going to break a relationship for a long time. And that honestly, back to my partners there, Brian, I think this one is, is a reason that most partner relationships break is because the decisions made, uh, people don't talk about it. They don't discuss it. They don't talk around the reasons or the, the, the whys and the why nots. And then somebody's getting, getting the short end of the stick and they didn't get the conversation and they, they just break up and it, you don't even get the chance to do these other tips that we're going to talk about. Yeah. The next one is probably my favorite, Bobby. It's it's being able to tackle uh, tough conversations, and I this one I'm going to align to to feedback. It's probably the easiest representation of tackling tough conversations. There are people that feel like maybe they aren't good at doing it. Maybe they've not externalized that or internalized that, and 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 started to work on that. But they they don't. It's got it's something that's got to be practiced. Giving feedback to people and. The, the earlier you can start to do this and the earlier you can start to have difficult conversations, the better you're going to be as a professional and just a human being in general. It will become so natural if you just keep working on it and working on it and working on it, being able to be direct, being able to, to tackle, again, tackle that tough conversation. You, you got to gotta make sure people feel heard. You have to appeal to the, the, the good in them and assume the good in them um, in, in 99% of the circumstances. Um but people that skirt these issues and skirt these topics and don't, don't address it uh, certainly lack uh, good self-management. Yeah, the, the 
topic we're talking about here, tackling these tough conversations, it is one that I still struggle with, and I, I have practiced. I've done everything I can do uh, in my own in my own skin, and I, I still seek for answers to get better at this one. the The problem that I have, and maybe others can relate to it, is I I, I still want to win. Like I don't know why, but I I know it's not the right thing to do, but I I can't stop myself from trying to win the conversation right so um if i'm having a disagreement with a partner or i'm having a a struggle with a uh, the way a deal is working I, I i build my outline based on me winning and i know it's wrong and so i i can't step back enough to have that conversation and really take time to hear that other person out i have gotten better i can adapt and overcome that during real times and make a bunch of really good notes but Man, I'm sure they can still see my emotions when they hit the right button uh, to to set me on fire. But it is one I struggle with, but it is one that I work really hard at. And I would think that those around me would say, nah, "I've seen improvement," but he, he he probably still needs to keep working on it. Yeah, I think the bigger problem would be if those conversations just aren't tackled at all. I mm-hmm. think some people just avoid them completely, and, and which is so toxic. You know that will that will lead to much bigger issues, I think. So I think even if we're not good at it or struggle or if it's difficult or whatever else, it's this the it's just the taking it on, I think, that is so is so critical versus just letting it stew. I, I've talked about this before. I one of the things I did really poorly at the company we, we both worked at, Bobby, we were both partners at, is I did a really, really terrible job at, at communicating with my partner at the time that was that was running the office with me there and I just I think back about not not having conversations and not putting it on the table, and then how how toxic that was for me and for my mental health mm-hmm. and and probably for him too. And and we've since reconciled and we're great buddies now. But it was a very difficult time that I was so afraid to have a difficult conversation that I, I just let it get the best of me over the course of eighteen months. Yeah, that's a good point because I will not let those things go. Like I will call people to the carpet and we will have those conversations. It's just how I interact in those conversations. And much like I've said before, it's more of an internal thing. Like it's it's internal people, it's internal company people, um, it's in employees or people that I've worked for. I can have all those conversations uh, and they're, they're probably not, they're probably not great because I'm trying to win probably come partner and customer it's a completely different story i will have the tough conversation with a customer and i will hear them out and i will listen to them and i will take their feedback wholeheartedly and i will i will adapt i don't even have to adapt it's just natural that that conversation is easy for me and i can have that and i can look we're not extending maintenance on this one and i can have that conversation so pointed and hear them out and talk about why i know what they're saying is important to them and i hear them but we can't make adjustments. But man, it's the it's the internal piece that I I struggle with more, uh, and I will keep working on it. But to a partner and a customer, I don't have to adapt. It just happens. But internally, I, I struggle a little bit more. This it really layers into the next one, which is taking feedback. Well, there's uh, got a great example um, where the uh, this person was receiving feedback on uh, how a deal was run and the deal was won but the feedback was hey work on this part of that deal like the, the you know you, you need to improve on this and that person like got really defensive about it and super frustrated and thought man I'm all I'm doing here is winning like I'm I'm 
you know, one of the top guys and all I'm doing here is winning and you, you have, you want to criticize me on this detail. And I think so, so oftentimes people will miss the headline um, because they are so defensive and so worried about the feedback that they've received on it. And there's such an opportunity to learn from what people are saying. You, you can discard the, the feedback, but it is a gift. You, you, you choose you what talking, you want to do with it. Are you talking about me early on in my career or what? <laughs> was that, is that right? Well, I mean, I think that was it. it was you know, Probably all of us, yeah. yeah. Probably take, me too, take for sure. days yeah. back at Microsoft, right? You know, yeah. They're like, oh, you, you pissed these people off and you, you, you left a few people in your wake. And great <laughs> yeah. job on the so big A few win. dead bodies. Yeah. Great <laughs> yeah. job on the win. And I'm like, you said win, right? So, like, why are we talking about anything else? Yeah. That's the goal here, right, is to win. And I, I was so short-sighted that I didn't take that feedback well. I, obviously, I learned and I got better, but um, it, it, is, it is something that took me a long time to digest and not be defensive, especially when I did win. And then I probably even found a way when I lost to talk about why it wasn't my fault. It was someone else's <laughs> fault. But um, I, I think this is one that will help relationships and then teach you to give feedback as a coach. As a sales coach now, and, and dealing with a, a number of coaching students, uh, they're all professional adults, but those people that I'm working with regularly, for a while, uh, when I first started doing it, I kind of like uh, sandwiched the good news and the bad news and the good news together, where I'd say, hey, you know, you're paying me to be your coach, so I'm going to say this, and you might not like it, but I gave it to him. And now I'm just, it's just a lot easier for me to provide yeah. that feedback. You know, they, they do want it. I know they want it. They're taking it. They're going to take it well, and I've learned better to deliver it because I've delivered it more often than not. But that's what they want. They want to get better, and that's, what they're, they're, that's why we have that relationship. So I've gotten better at giving the feed, that feedback more directly. Um, and then I think I've, I've learned a lot of ways to help people take it better too. So it's been an interesting dynamic to be on that side and to be constantly doing it in, in part of my day job. And it doesn't mean all feedback is, is right. You, you, it can be dismissed. It's just don't be defensive about it. You know, like say – it's interesting that that person took the time to give me this gift. It's garbage. I'm not going to digest it. I'm not going to use it. And here, you know, I can mentally decide why these five things are wrong. But but it is a gift and you just have to decide what you're going to do with it and not and don't be defensive about it. Well, I can I think my mind just jumped to we do we are talking about criticism here more often than not, but yeah, I would even fair. say the good feedback like I give a lot of positive feedback, and then I'll say like, we we agreed that that was really good, and I haven't seen you do that in a couple of weeks. Like, why not? Mm-hmm. And so I I learn where some feedback that is even positive feedback isn't replicated and isn't mm. isn't heard and isn't consumed and isn't isn't replayed again. So it's important to to, to whether the feedback is criticism or good feedback for you to digest it, for you to hear it through. And for you to then decide where where does this fit in my future? Like Brian just said, you might say, I ain't going to do anything with it. But if it's good feedback and this is somebody you're asking for more feedback from and then you don't repeat it, that's going to dwell. They're going to dwell on that. So keep that in mind as well. And the last one here, Bobby, is uh, remember the little things pack a big punch. And that's saying things like please and thank you. And I think the more important ones, at least in terms of like being able to manage a healthy relationship is to say things like, I'm sorry, or that was my mistake, or I see your perspective here. Here's where I was coming from. I think you're right. I think this part of 
the way you're approaching it is right. And I think I, I you know, I was wrong. Nice, nice job. You were, and it, I, I think it, we're sometimes we're so afraid. It's a completely disarming move to that relationship. Like you're making friends here, and and it doesn't have. It, it's got to be genuine, of course. But the more genuine we can be. In, in letting them know I your perspective is is right in this case and here's where I was coming from and I, I see your perspective now and that's an interesting way to look at it I think I think we should approach it that way um, and then it's amazing how many times then whenever there's something that you are holding your ground on and you know that this is probably the right approach to take how much more willing they will be to listen to your side of the story if you've shown that you will be vulnerable in other scenarios as well yeah, I try to let my uh, my inner thoughts and circle get out on this podcast at times, and this is one of those times. <laughs> I I have a reminder on my uh, Apple phone, so in my reminders list on my Apple phone, it, I have something that comes up every ten days to just go out of my way to tell someone thank you, and it it because it's not easy for me. It's one of those things that I have to adapt to. That doesn't mean it's not real. Yeah. It's just a reminder for me to stop and thank someone for the things that they're doing because all day, every day, I have high expectations of myself and other people around me. And when work's getting done and getting done well, that to me kind of is the bottom floor. Like that's expectations. And so I don't do a great job of telling everyone, thank you. I appreciate it. I see what you're doing. And so every 10 days or so, I have I go way out of my way to like pull someone in my office, sit them down, call out the four or five things I've seen over the last couple of months, really make sure I know the impact, that I know that they know the impact that I think they're mm-hmm. making on either the flight school or tech sales lab or my personal life. Um, and it, it is unbelievable what people, how people will react to that, right? Even friends that I play golf with, I've, I've taken my time to say thanks for our friendship and what we've done. And, you know, not many grown men are doing that with other grown men. And I think it is something that people appreciate a whole lot more than uh, we realize. Could not agree more. And Bobby, with that, we're going to wrap up the series. Thanks everyone for listening. It's been a fun one. We'd love your feedback uh, on this series and then, ideas for a future series as well. As Bobby mentioned, we've got some interviews coming up and uh, some interesting listeners choice episodes coming up as well. But uh, with that, Bobby, don't be average. Average sucks. Average is the enemy. Thanks everyone for listening. Thanks everyone. Thanks for listening to the Tech Sales Show. Subscribe to our email list at www.techsaleshow.com and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Tech Sales Show. Until next week, Average is the enemy.